This is Monster Manual Mash. This is the podcast where we look at each entry in the 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons Monster Manual and we pick apart every creature offered to us by Wizards of the Coast Publishing. We look at the words as written and we try to figure out how the writers of this book are trying to pitch you on the idea of using a monster in your game. We try to figure out how you can use them according to the book and we also figure out how you can use them in your own way, uh, drawing from the origins of the monsters, from folklore, from media, from our own imaginations. and. Sometimes uh, we get off track, but it all <laughs> works out. <laughs> yeah, I think that's accurate. I mostly got it right. Yeah, I'd say I so. I'm, I'm Chris. And I'm Wes. And we, we do this podcast once in a while. So the Etin is a foul, two-headed giant with the crude characteristics of an orc. A couple things that it wants to uh, let you know. They never bathe if they can help it, which implies that there might be times when they have to bathe or someone forces them to bathe. (laughs) They wear stinking hides and their skin is encrusted with filth. They have long, lanky hair, stinking breath with tusks and bad teeth. So these are your, like, cave-dwelling troglodytes they go out of the way, the Wizards of the Coast, the authors of this book, whoever wrote this, goes out of their way to stress that Ettons are even more disgusting than your typical brutish cave dwellers. Yeah. Which, like, I think you have to go beyond lank hair and, like, filth-encrusted skin if you want to, like, separate them from a troll or a, a, a troglodyte, which I think is another, another monster, or, like, an ogre. These other, like, brutish monsters. You gotta make these guys gross. Yeah, like, really, like... Somehow. Yeah. But it leaves... Yeah, like, the first indication should be, like, the smell. Just, like, stinking diaper stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it doesn't spend that much time on it, just to let you know that they are the grossest monsters, probably, in the book. Uh, they have a dual personality, because they have two heads... Each head is completely distinct from the other, personality-wise. They don't know privacy, because they are constantly in each other's face. They are always irritated by the other head. Their familiarity breeds contempt, and they're arguing constantly. Um, If you need to call them by a name, each head has a different name, but you can also refer to the Eton as a whole if you combine their names. And the... Example they give you in the book is Hargle and Vargal mm-hmm. are called Hargle Vargal. Yeah, they're doing like all of them. <clears throat> all of them yeah. do that. Like the celebrity <laughs> uh like compound name. Yeah. That makes more sense. I don't but because if you followed the Etten rule for that, you would call them uh Ben Jennifer. That's true. Yeah. Which just doesn't have yeah, the same ring. Because right? they went with the example Hargle and Vargal. I you can't really take the beginning of one to the ending of the other because they they both have the, the same suffix. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd kind of screw yourself that way. They're not very uh, Instagrammable. Um, so this point I think is uh, it's never touched on again, 
And you can make of this what you want, but I think if you really wanted to get into the heads of a Etten, you'd have to think about what a lack of privacy would do to you and be like, it's not just that they're stupid or that they're uh, constantly irritated. It's like, you really, I think you'd have to have some sympathy for that. You know, like I, I, everyone goes crazy, I think, without a bit of alone time. Yeah. Even the most extroverted people. And if you just had like none ever, like never your entire life, there's always like a guy right there. So that would, that would, I feel uh, that's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to like really imagine, I think that. So it's good exercise, I think in, 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 in like writing. Because it's a you're writing a character too when you're making a monster that can talk that players are gonna interact with. So like really to yeah. get inside of like like you said the heads of that character, it's it takes some like you gotta you gotta you gotta really work on that, you know. Yeah, I think the Etten is a um, it's a opportunity for some really heavy role playing or like interesting. We're not heavy. It's not a job. I mean, it is kind of a job, but I mean, like, it could be fun. It could be an interesting, uh, that's, that's yeah. the novelty of this thing, is that it has two heads. It's otherwise almost completely indistinguishable from an ogre or other, like, big, heavy yeah. monster. But, yeah, it gives, you, um, it gives you a chance to, like, also make, like, a big, scary monster who's very silly, too. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunities there. Mm-hmm. I think uh, like you can, you can, you can go full Jim Henson with it. I think like, just imagine this existing in the world of labyrinth or dark crystal. And like, I feel like you could, that that's a great jumping off point for it. you know? <laughs> yeah. Make them, especially if they're in a dungeon or something, just make them this yeah. really weird, goofy character. Cause you can make it like, it doesn't really get into, it says that they have different personalities, but it doesn't really get into like how wildly different. And it suggests that they are just brutish cave dwellers who just want to kill and eat you but it's more interesting if you have the heads like obviously opposed to each other in like almost every way right like so if maybe maybe one is like classier than the other you know like what if they're they're different uh they, they don't mm. like eating the same things yeah. they don't like seeing the same and sights. Give them like inexplicably they're... two different accents like to, to, to like if you're someone who likes to do voices when you do <laughs> which i love to do voices Pick your two stupidest yeah. voices, and they can be as different as you want. And the bet, the more different they are, oh, yeah. the better it is. You know, like, yeah, ex- I think you'd be justified um, in world as being like, well, if they are two distinct personalities and they hate each other, then they probably would want yeah. to distinguish themselves as much as possible from the other one. So they would even like create their own accents to be totally in opposition to the other one. Or like wildly, they'd style themselves, their heads wildly different, or even the two halves of their yeah. body. If they if they have a bit more civilization to them than the like, the rotting clothes, filth encrusted skin version. But I think the the two heads thing. I had this written later on too. It's like like it. I think it's more interesting if they are so disgusting as a result of their inability <laughs> to yeah. coordinate anything. Like if they if they had aspirations of uh being classier or like joining society at large, but neither one could let their ego down and they each had to take control, so they were constantly fighting each other for control, and then they end up just like constantly ending up in the gutter 
or like running out into being driven off and never allowed anywhere because they're just so destructive and chaotic yeah like even even you know like even bathing they get into an argument about exactly how to do it and then they they end up just uh tripping over themselves into just like a vat of like just just filth somewhere and it just like keeps happening you know yeah yeah they just like they just smash the the tub because they're fighting each other about like who gets the brush longer or like what arm gets to do what or like the other one gave the other one yeah a haircut like a bad haircut they're both and they just start fighting themselves smelly and more and more disgusting to spite the other one like (laughs) they're there's like sabotaging their shared body just for the discomfort of the other their other half (laughs) oh my god that's that's beautiful because then that's that's exquisite that's like you know like your own shit doesn't stink right but even people you're you live close to like it does (laughs) but if you're constantly like rubbing it on what is basically their own body like it gets it's pretty dark (laughs) and having having that like uh explicitly mentioned filth and grotesquerie be like self-inflicted is uh that's a great because you want your like big ogre troll genre monsters to be um I, I, I personally, I like them to be like wildly unlikable people, like creatures, just to the, just, just to like really <laughs> push it over the edge. Like, no, no, like trolls are not good to be around. They're just, they're, they're awful, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're repugnant. And so just taking this weird, like duality element in it to just like have this constant source of conflict thrown into that too. Yeah. Yeah, if they're so if they're so awful, but it's like having two of them forced to live together when they they're they're so yeah. and I'm imagining like even to each what, other, like a, a similar dynamic to like in The Simpsons in the episode where Milhouse's parents break up. Like I'm imagining like a, like the, it's almost like this couple mm-hmm. that like they really shouldn't be together. They hate each other, but they can't. They're literally the same <laughs> creature, you know, and just they're, they're caught in this constant limbo. Yeah. It even says something about, like, like what if you, the listener, the objective you, the third person, or whoever, you, the second person you, was uh, forced to live with yourself every waking moment, mm. as in, like, you had a clone just head. Just the head, too, yeah. Like, how tired of this other yeah. person well, like, would, would you be, would you, or would you, would you get along? Like, okay, so I'm just Wes with two heads now, and there's just, there's, there's... There's, I can carry on a conversation like well doing something else, well eating or drinking, you know. Or would we start to diverge the way I imagine if you actually could just make an instant clone, not like a grow in a vat clone, but like like screw around with a teleporter and oh, we got a clone now, that kind of clone, you know, that yeah. kind of clone. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, like an instant clone. I feel like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you sort of have the shared past. But then yeah. it goes into like a why, and then you you diverge into your own sort of as you have your own experiences, and you know there's the classic dilemma of like do you do you fight yourself? Like what do you do when you like what you know? Um, but it gets different yeah. when it's like do you diverge when you're share when it's just the two heads, you know when you have to share a body, yeah, yeah, because you're you're yeah, potentially experiencing all the a same perspective things. difference of like. I, I, Ettons are pretty big, like maybe, you know, like a, like, like maybe a foot, <laughs> a foot apart. I don't know. A couple centimeters at least. 
Um, that's like, <laughs> yeah. is that difference in space yeah. enough to, to, to create, even when people are doing, they're the, doing the same thing. Like, is that even enough to create a divergence? Yeah. Or even, even simply knowing that there's another one of you, does that change? Do you, do you develop an inherent, uh, distrust yeah. or like dislike really, of the other like, one? Psychoanalytical too. Like, like, is like, there's the idea of the big other, right? You always have this idea, even when you're alone, that there's some kind of witness, even if you don't believe in like a higher power, there's some kind of audience that you're doing everything for. What if there literally was all the time and they would, they were, they could critique you in the moments and, they did not have perfect judgment. Like you <laughs> always, always, always had an audience for every single thing that you did. Yeah. Or like, would you, yeah. Would that, would that make you act better? Because, you know, we always have these like, yeah. these angels and demons on our shoulders. And it's like, would, would the other head like tisk tisk you if you were doing something yeah. that both <laughs> of you want to do, but you know, you shouldn't, you know? So like, what would, would like, or would you just like, make a pact to sink further into depravity and then it'd be you'd be enforcing yeah. it because you'd have like, like an accomplice you'd double down on it right like you've got a you you've yeah yeah like whatever you do you'd be doubling down you'd either be i think you'd either like become a much more ideal version of yourself perhaps more high strung and like always like on the guard for the other, but you'd still be, you'd be like more, uh, like morally impeccable to yourself or he would be, you'd sink further. Yeah. It's like, you can just look at yourself your, like, look, you and I both know we want to find a cave and we're going to live in that cave and we're going to eat people. <laughs> and that's what we're going to do. We're going to make <laughs> yeah. fun of them before we eat them. It's not going to be clever yeah. jokes. We're just going to, we're just going to be assholes and then we're going to yeah. eat them. And that's what we're going to do now. That's our, that's our thing. We've given up on society. Yeah, you and I both just want to play StarCraft all day. <laughs> so let's just agree that there's no judgment here. Where, yeah. So, yeah, if somebody gives you shit for playing StarCraft, you just yeah. look at me, and we'll, yeah. we'll just we'll know what we need for ourselves. Yeah, and like we can talk shit to our opponents. I guess you're mostly typing in StarCraft, but I think some people. No, you probably don't. I don't know if people use uh, headsets to talk to each other in StarCraft. I don't know. Anyways, if you're playing a video game yeah, where you old. can talk shit, you can know. also like <laughs> drink uh, terrible energy drinks while talking shit. Yeah. If you have two people and you're, you're doubling down on just being uh, video game urchins forever. Yeah, like ends are basically streamers. Yeah. They're just video game streamers, I imagine. You know, this, this is all pretty like, uh, this is deep stuff, and I don't know if you can fit it all into a monster that the player characters are probably going to murder in the first few minutes. But uh, I just thought it might be fun to try to play a game where uh, two players have to control one Etten. Oh, yeah. Or even just, like, any character with two heads. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. And you'd have to figure Ooh. out how to uh, divide that. Like, you'd like, do they both get access to everything on the character sheet as if like each character has equal control. And so they're constantly like vying for control. Like, have you, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, we play Pokemon or something like that. Do you know no, what I'm talking I don't, about? I don't, I don't know what that is. Okay. No, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I might be, I'm getting the name wrong, but there was this phenomenon um, on the internet, maybe like 10 years ago where it was like one of the earlier 
streaming game streaming things it was like somebody had pokemon running and the uh the access to their game you could just go on like reddit or whatever and you could play the pokemon game that they were running but everyone had access to it so at any given time there were like hundreds possibly thousands of people trying to control the same uh like pokemon game right yeah so that you had the character moving in these like insanely minute and erratic (laughs) positions but like everyone kind of worked together to like push the thing where it needed to go push the character (laughs) where it needed to go and like select the right moves and like do the right things but it took it was just you could see the like on like a menu you'd see the arrow like flying around the menu as it was trying to like reach where it wanted to go and it was like 80 percent. it would end up correctly it was just taking a lot longer for it to get there because everyone wow. was trying to do it so the it's same like time. it was like a bunch of human beings like essentially being machine learning to play pokemon <laughs> sort, <laughs> sort of, of yeah. yeah it was it was like a thousand people all had their hands on the right. same controller yeah. yeah and we're all trying to like press buttons at the same time I forget what it was called. I think it was something something like that. We play Pokemon or something like that. But I feel like uh, you could you could make some or Twitch Twitch right, plays Pokemon yeah. or something. You could like make that. some profound sort of insights, maybe about uh, uh, the pros and cons of democracy, right? <laughs> With that. Oh yeah, and like the collective, the power of collective anarchy, yeah. or you know, it, or the problems with it. Reminds me of the way that um, I think it's uh, I think it's caribou like decide which direction they're going to go as a herd because they don't have like a they don't have like a leader that's it's not a super hierarchical thing but when they look up from grazing they look at a certain direction and they keep track of the way the other ones are looking and they just sort of instinctually know like okay well more than half of us are looking in that direction so let's graze in that direction because we're looking in that way and they, they kind of decide that way but if you have too small of a group they meander and they get lost and they can't they can't quite they they can't make decisions as effectively but if you get enough of them together it's like you put enough monkey a chimp, chimps in front of a keyboard they can actually navigate very effectively and so yeah, yeah. a lot of insects the uh like hive insects are the yeah. same way like uh soldier ants i remember that they like if they have enough of them they can just instinctively function and survive but if you have too few of them they'll just follow each other in a line it's almost like like there's a gestalt consciousness that arises like from the like it's an emergent property of having enough of them together if we got enough people playing pokemon at the same time would that generate an overmind of that uh pokemon player yeah would it would yeah would the erratic controls like smooth out over if like yeah enough people were pressing like, the right it, buttons like yeah and, and and would the collective of people playing the right buttons like would that eventually uh become self-aware <laughs> if you got enough of them yeah but we'd never know never know the thing about an Etten though is that it's it's definitely um the not enough yeah it's the minimum possible thing. controllers like, so it's, it's the minimum possible yeah, yeah so it's like almost like if you made something that functioned in that way but like two be as bad at it as 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 possible yeah two people two it's like two people trying to play pokemon same controller who are angry that there's another person there and like yeah trying to sabotage each other but like also being the one being sabotaged always yeah so do you think maybe there would be 
like if Ettons were open ended head wise, and you could have Ettons with like unlimited number of heads, the more heads they had, the more like lawful they become, the more like stable and polite and uh, hygienic. right. Yeah, because like their individual <laughs> ego is one of the heads becomes like a smaller and smaller factor as you get more heads together. So then, yeah, I wonder. You can't hate. Like your hatred towards the others are diffused by the number of them, so you can't like pinpoint one of them to direct all of your frustration yeah. at. It's almost like you're mad at a situation, which is easier maybe to submit to than like an individual. That would be terrifying too. Just like a guy with a thousand heads who makes really good decisions <laughs> despite having a thousand different people going on. There. It's like what? Who? Yeah, yeah. He's annoyingly successful. Yeah. He's his own parliament. <laughs> It'd be like if you wanted to go the other way too. Uh, if I'd imagine that the two heads might, oh yeah. So we were talking about how one head might diverge if you had a clone stuck on you. Mm-hmm. Um, how different could you actually grow to be? But it's uh, it says in the description of the Ettons too that one of them can be awake while the other one is oh, sleeping. Okay. So that seems like a natural way for them to like avoid each other and especially if they agree if they know that they don't like each other it's almost like uh like a house with roommates where you have like like a chore wheel or something and one has to get everything done while the other one's asleep and you can even maybe like have they have like a partition between the two heads like this 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 they don't crest, have to deal with each other like a horse blinder like a blinder that just goes between their heads <laughs> yeah yeah they just have like a big chunk of wood or like yeah. what anything hauled yeah. up on their neck between something the gross heads. though like they just let a mushroom grow between them they just let let some oh, neck yeah. fungus That's get real idea. bad yeah nasty little growth i do like the idea of one passive aggressively uh cleaning their like filth cave while the other one slept and the other one being like huh this is place just cleans itself and just like this long-standing <laughs> yeah and they get into all these crazy arguments about who does what <laughs> they both do it and they both think the other one doesn't do it because they hate each other so they flip on and they go back and forth between who's awake <laughs> yeah because they they never see the other one do it you know it's classic bickering yeah. couple stuff So we already kind of talked about this. It says the next entry is the uh, solitary lives. So uh, they hate other Ettons more than they hate the other head on their own body. Um, 
but the idea of two ends getting together and getting into an even greater argument with four heads is something beyond the ability of most DMs <laughs> to properly <laughs> replicate at the table or turn into drama. It is a funny idea. You, I, I, you like, because each head you've got to give each head its own voice, and so the more ends you have, yeah. like it quickly multiplies in complexity. And if your players are anything like mine, they will conspire to have NPCs um, argue with each other, <laughs> and that this is just a recipe. This just entices yeah. that kind of behavior. So use I that feel sparingly. Like, I feel like just the Etten, the Etten as a monster is just is is really really just begging for players to get it to argue with itself so that you can steal its treasure from it totally yeah that seems that's it's not mentioned in the the text here anywhere but that seems to me like a very obvious gameable application more than just fighting it because it's like it's fighting abilities is just that it gets it's like pretty tough they're hard to surprise and they're hard to charm any of these things uh, cuz they have two minds and two personalities so they're a little they're like tougher brain-wise not because they're formidable but just because yeah. there's two of them so their nature is split and that they get they have a multi attack and that's it there's no nothing about their stat blocks that makes them really unique yeah uh, and nothing in the text that makes it that gives you like great ideas about how to encounter them yeah like i feel like the the fun in fighting one would come from like the the like the mid combat trash talk that would be happening during the fight yeah yeah or like i think the the these make a great uh like threshold guard yeah who sees you coming and then you have to talk to them and then you have to figure out like how to pit the heads against each other and then slip by them while the two heads like fight each other. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the whole deal. Yeah. yeah, Totally. There is a a part um, in here that tries to get into the ecology of them where it says females initiate the mating rituals where they uh, first they'll seek out a den and then they will quote conquer a male and then uh, they will mate with the male and then the male is forced to feed and look after them for the duration of a six-month pregnancy and then when the child the infant etten is born the male is released and dismissed and as soon as the child is old enough to hunt on its own it is also dismissed and the den is abandoned yeah, I don't really know what to make of that other than like sometimes you read things in the monster manual or or any of these books where it's like someone just thought like someone was going to ask at some point. And so somebody thought like <laughs> we better have everything written down there so you can just you can just like yeah, yeah, uh, uh give me a give me a nature check. Do you... <laughs> this is this is what you know. Yeah. I know, but it's so it's so arbitrary what is explicit and what isn't like this. So to me, this is then like, okay, well, I guess you could have an encounter where it's like a nesting Etten and her husband. So the idea of this is an example where like an individual Etten is a good bickering couple, but it's even funnier when you reveal that there's another Etten who is even more of a bickering couple to the other couple. So if you play that as like a bit that you spring on the players, yeah. and I think that could be really funny. But that requires a lot of uh, 
like formidable dm mm-hmm. uh, yeah you get you gotta be you gotta be like a good improviser skills, or you, you know? would have to have like put together <laughs> maybe a flow chart ahead of time yeah oh yeah yeah you'd have to really you have to think about this one but or, or just like think about what personalities would be funny to to listen to you uh argue back and forth <laughs> yeah if you've got a drama king or queen dm then this is you know this could be good to do but more or less yeah i'm trying to think like if someone if 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 that wasn't there if it was like possibly what are are the mating habits of etten's like if if that wasn't written in the dungeon master's guide if somebody were to ask me about it like what would i like would i come up with anything better than that yeah i don't know it seems it's kind of weird that a lot of the entries in the monster manual are like they assume everyone is obsessed with like. So do these monsters? Do these monsters have sex? <laughs> like, how do these monsters which exist? Like, yeah, who had sex to have this monster? Which, like, we've we've covered this in this podcast that like back in like medieval Europe, they didn't assume that like mice like had sex and had babies. They thought they just arose out of filth, right? <laughs> so why would people in like a fantasy setting? I don't know, like, think, like, hmm, but wait, like, says, no, no, there's, like, yeah. monsters show up when, uh, when things are bad. Yeah, who initiates the mating rituals? <laughs> <laughs> the next entry is two heads better than one. Each head commands a different side of the body, so it's very capable of fighting multiple opponents, but all that really means is they get a multi-attack. Um... There's not much different in the AD&D version of the Etten. Same deal, two-headed uh, giant kin. The one difference is that the right side of the body does a greater range of damage than the left side. Okay. Which is very strange. So to me, it's like the whoever wrote that entry thought that it must still be right-handed, even though it's got a different <laughs> mind controlling it. It's a very weird way to look at a, a two-minded creature. Like you'd think that if one side controls one, the other side controls the other, then each would be equally adept. You know? Yeah. Like if you've only got one arm, that's your that's your dominant arm. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's your arm. That's your arm. That's the arm. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a weird weird piece of like right hand supremacy. I don't know if they were yeah. still suppressing. Uh, left-handed people back in like the reagan era or whatever <laughs> but like yeah if there was if there if there are nuns hitting you with rulers for using your left hand yeah it seems like a bit of uh the the author's repressive upbringing made it into that but that was carried on into the forgotten realms that's like official forgotten realms material is that one side of a net is stronger than the other i don't know if it comes up mechanically but that's in the that's on the wiki and then the final entry in the Etin page is Orcish Ties. So this was also in the AD&D version. Um, in Old Common, Etin translates as Ugly Giant. There is a story of some orcs who were transformed by the two-headed prince of demons, Demogorgon. And now orcs will try to entice Etins to serve them as muscle using uh, food and loot as as payment so there's your um you're in to have an etten among orcs as part of a greater dungeon or adventure scenario in the in ad and d uh there's no demogorgon 
story. It's just that they might be related to orcs. They're sort of like in between orcs and giants yeah. is the idea. But this, I don't mind that it gives you like a uh, a connection to the world at large. It's a bit of a hand wavy uh, solution where it's just like, oh yeah, a demogorgon. But that's fine, I guess. I'm always, I'm, you know, I think again, always talked about it. I'm happy with monsters just yeah, being their own yeah, thing. Totally. I do kind of. There's, there's something I like about the idea of like orcs getting corrupted into something even weirder. Because going back to like all fantasy orcs going back to Tolkien orcs themselves being a corruption of something. So then corrupting the orcs again, like, yeah. I like the kind of recursiveness of that. Yeah. Kind of a postmodern yeah. orcification. Like the demigorgon making orcs in his own image, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Corrupting a corruption yeah. as if there's a pure form of the, it's been like the corruption has been around so long that it's become its own category. Yeah. But I think the Etten like, whenever we get to orcs in uh 2035 probably we'll like you know like it's important to make all these monsters distinct and especially if this is just a brute thing and you want to do it as it's written in the book it's like what makes this different from an ogre not much what makes this different from an orc like the stats yeah. basically it's a brutish thing that wants to eat and kill you so it's i don't know why you double down on tying them like no one's going to care that they look like something between an orc and a giant it's like can you think of anything else <laughs> besides those things it's not yeah. very imaginative uh but it does tie it into the world so that kind of whatever whatever way you want i'm more in favor of making it more unique i think yeah shall we move on to uh i already talked about ettons and D. that's all they're really i could find they show up in every every edition but they're more or less the same they still hold on to those few little tiny breadcrumbs that they establish in right, AD&D yeah. and haven't really let go. But I think they're kind of beloved. Like, I think people, the, the two-headed, like, dim-witted, argumentative monster is beloved yeah, by all, it's a real, it's a real classic. There's, there's so much fun you can have with it. It's yeah. a crowd pleaser, for sure. To the point that, like, there are even, I forget the name of it, but there's, like, a term for... Uh, when there are two characters, but they function effectively as one, like they're always yeah. together. They they argue together, but they kind of do the same thing. Um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern mm -hmm. uh, come to mind. Dog. Cat dog. <laughs> I haven't thought yeah, about that like, one in a while. No, me neither. But like, there's it's a it's a whole thing. But it's more if there's something about it actually being one body that makes it even more fun <laughs> and more definitely more fantasy based. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like different duos. It's like, okay, like how would they just turn awful by having to share the body? Like Mary and Pippin, if they if they had stuck him on the same body, <laughs> like how are they still buds? I don't know. Yeah. I think they'd be okay for a little while, but then yeah, I know. Give them a year. That's true. Yeah, they do have all the. I think they really benefited from their separation. <laughs> it helped them grow. It really, yeah, yeah. It did. They're getting a little too close. You saw what happened to Sam and Frodo. It took took Sam quite a while to yeah. get over it. So in history, Etten, history and uh, real world nonsense. The Etten is an English word from Old English Eoten, and is. Uh, derived from the Old Norse Jotun and probably refers to uh, the Jotnar 
who is a type of entity in Norse mythology that is separate from the Aesir and the the Vanir, who are sort of the uh, like the heaven and hell dwellers. They're like the uh, the deities separate from those that walk around on Midgard or the material world. Um, but they're also separate from humans and from uh, dwarves and elves. So like. I think frost. It's it's kind of ill undefined, but it includes um, frost giants and trolls. So a lot of the uh, the giant classes, but the the giants still mingle with the gods, and even there's even uh, some ambiguity where gods are married to some of the Jotnar, and they live in Midgard, but they also have access to the the uh, the other planes that intersect with it. And then there's a relation between them and uh, Bogans, <laughs> uh, which is a sort of catch-all term for uh, English uh, mischievous or destructive spirits. And you get things like haunted roads and hills and like the, the various, the, the fairy folk legends, but not the ones involving um, like princely figures whisking away women these are like more your your um gnomes your your uglier uh more rural types and the etten in particular is more associated with the giants because it has more of a a norse thing there's this theory that i remember reading and it's like it's probably like it's really it's it's kind of out there it's one of those it's one of those ones where it's like there's this is not falsifiable it's like an evolutionary psychology one those are always kind of iffy but this idea that there's so many cultures have stories about like ogres or or like giants or like some kind of like human like thing that's different than and 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 scary and will it'll, it'll it'll steal your children and eat them that that was um like an ancestral like uh the root of that the reason that's so all over the place is because that's from when humans coexisted with other hominid species like neanderthals neanderthals and oh so yeah the idea yeah was like this is such a common sort of thing and why like and and one idea is like this connects to the uncanny valley why that's so weird is because this is when there was like different like when, like a neanderthal like a like a like a like a different species of human <laughs> that uh was like stronger and uh and, and whatever and so that's why these ideas exist in culture but i don't know i don't know how like how you could verify an idea like that you know yeah it's kind of yeah. impossible to verify but it is um you know it's alluring because yeah. it's fun like the uh like 13th warrior like those they they think they're fighting these like beast men but they turn mm-hmm. out to be just men but then you it's the viewer kind of realizes that these are like cavemen these yeah. are neanderthals there's neanderthals. a throwaway scene in uh the movie alexander about alexander the great where they're like marching through the world mm-hmm. and i think they're it's, it gets to the part where they're starting to invade northern india um and there's a bit where they're marching through the forest and they pass like a small group of neanderthals and like there's no explanation there's nothing it's that's obviously what's happening and i'm like was there and i tried to look into it there's no like there's no written <laughs> accounts that i could find of like alexander the great. So, like, when they made that movie they're like you know what I mean, what if there was lost tribes of neanderthals and alexander the great walked past them yeah that'd be cool that's tying history together 
And that always <laughs> that Whoa. always stuck with me. It's like, what a bizarre thing. Because they just had to spend hours and hours and hours doing the cosmetics to get people made up to look like Neanderthals. They like it was a scene with like dozens of horses at least. Like this is a complicated scene. Oh, yeah. It was like a couple seconds of yeah, it was a whole day. That took that a, day a whole day at to least, put the scene for sure. And then it made it through all the edits. Um, I I think about that all the time. Like, why was that in that movie? I don't know. <laughs> Well, the Eden, yeah, there's something to that. Like, we, we talked about it a little bit in the Cyclops episode, where, like, the Cyclops is has one eye. And to me, that kind of tells you that wherever you are, you're in this, like, the cosmos yeah. could have gone another way. Or, like, the world is more malleable than you think because this other creature that is like you in every other way is so unlike you in this one way. Are they the unfinished version of you or are you the unfinished version of them? It's like a primordial, it speaks to a, a primordial origin that's like not done. Uh, it, it questions what you think about existence. And the two-headed thing too is, is another way of doing that. Or it's like, it's so like you, like an Etten can be so like you in one way, but their experience of the world must be so different. And yet you both coexist on this world. So it could be like a diverging, like the seeing another type of human being rather than you developing like a we're all in yeah. this together type of attitude. You, 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 you otherize them and you mm-hmm. turn them into monsters. Which, like, what would, what do Ettons think of like one headed humanoids? Like, what's their opinion of like, uh, like I wonder, like if if they are only used to having the other the other one on their on their shoulders, like the body, like are they? I don't know, like, yeah, oh, that's are they envious? Like are they? Are they? Are they? Do you think like wow, that must be so weird? Like I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what what direction I would go with that. Yeah, they seem so irritable that I think they would. Well, you know, the answer would be that one would love yes, that, and definitely, the other one would hate absolutely, that. yeah, that's the way it would go. <laughs> One would be trying to ask you questions, the other one would be trying to kill you. And then you'd have to like only talk to the one while they were asleep or something. <laughs> you could somehow make it part of the game that you have to induce one to be awake and the other one to be asleep somehow. Mm-hmm. Oh. And maybe one of them they're at at they're like they're supposed to be pretty dumb too, right? Like that's 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 part of it. I what what if the one of them is like no I want to be a one headed creature I want you to cut us in half when the other one's asleep and you're like no because that's yeah. you just have one body like that's gonna kill you it's just like no it'll work man cut us in half do it yeah I've been thinking about it he shows you this like really weird scrawled plan on like a piece of dried leaf He's like, you just cut it right down <laughs> yeah the and it's just like a like a two panel little comic of a yeah or like he's invented. He's assembled his own, uh, what he thinks will function as like his own set of organs made out of like animal meat. <laughs> like, yeah, just animal meat and just like gar- bits of garbage, like molded together. <laughs> yeah. He's got like a secret lab where he's been working on this. Oh, and because they're switching sleep schedules, unbeknownst to him, the other one's also been working on another garbage body. <laughs> they've been, that they've yeah. been stealing from each That's- other. If it was up to me how Ettens reproduce, that's that would be how they keep accidentally building more <laughs> of themselves. Yeah, 
What they well, split they would off and build then another a new head grows to replace the other half, but then they would. Oh, because they wouldn't build heads into their other halves. I'm just imagining them each building <laughs> half of a half of a netting, and then the without telling the other ones, and then the halves coming together somehow and becoming a new et. Yeah, you could have another head just like show up like a polyp, yeah. or just yeah. sprout like a fungus or something. Like it's <laughs> it just happens when you do that. That's just that's what it's like being an etten. I've got two stories about Ettons specifically because like they get folded into the Etten gets folded into uh, like giant yeah. and troll stories in Scandinavia. And then there's a few. These two stories, I think, are uh, old English, but they're they're very loose. I'm not sure where they come from, except for um, the longer one, which you can trace to an author named John D. Batten, who collected a bunch of fairy tale and folklore. But I'm going to start with... Uh, I'll start with the other one, Hind Etten. So this is uh, almost a sketch of a story, but it's kind of interesting. So Hind Etten is the story of Lady Margaret, who goes to the woods with her kids, and she breaks a branch by accident, and this this gentleman shows up, this guy named Hind Etten shows up and questions her about breaking the branch, gives her the business for it, and um, takes her deeper into the forest and yada 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 she bears him seven sons but laments that they are never christened nor she herself churched and then uh, years later one day her oldest son goes hunting with hindetten and asks him why his mother is always crying hindetten tells him that she's upset because the kids aren't christened and she is not churched and then uh, some days later, he goes hunting alone. And then the oldest son takes his mother and brothers out of the woods while Hindetten isn't there. And then in some variations of the story, uh, the mother and the children are welcomed back. They are all christened and the mother is churched finally. And then in some versions, uh, Hindetten comes back and claims her and drags her back into the woods where she is miserable for the rest of her life. Um, and in some other variants, the mother's grief expresses itself as hostility to the children, wishing they were rats and that she was a cat, um, which inspires her, chil- her children to suggest that they try to leave, which is accomplished easily. And there's no reason given why they didn't just leave before, which is an interesting uh, yeah. tale of abuse and victimhood. There's other versions of this story in there's like Scottish versions and Scandinavian German versions. Uh, but Hind Etten is sometimes a hill king or elf king or dwarf king or a merman. A merman. As in, yeah, as in, uh, the darkest v- version 
of the story, he's a merman uh, in Germ in Germany. A German merman. That's that's that that's, that's going to be the that's going to be dark. A German, a German merman, <laughs> and yeah. it's called Agnes and the Mermaid. Uh, the husband says that they have to divide the children, and they have an odd number, so one of them has to be split in two. So this is kind of a story. I I imagine I guess of like. So, uh, very, like it's a post-Christian story. So it's like a tale about how unhappy women will be not to be married or part of a church and how it'll destroy their family if they don't, um, get in on the churching, you know? Gotta get, gotta get churched. <laughs> it's like, gotta get churched. What a wild expression, you know? Church. Like, it, yeah. like, it's just like a simple process. You just go get churched, you know? Church me, baby. And then, so I got the longer story. It's not that much longer, but it's a little more involved. Is called the Red Etten, and I think it's a Scottish story. Yeah, it's a Scottish story. Um, so there's there's a kind of two permutations of the story that I'll kind of try to tell at the same time. It doesn't make a huge difference. There are two widows who lived in a hut, and one had two sons, and the other had only one. Or it's a single widow that had three sons. Uh, one day, the eldest son was told by his mother to fetch water for a cake because it was time for him to seek his fortune, and the cake was all she would give him for the journey. Uh, so she gives him a, ca- a can, a watering bucket, but he brought back very little because there was a hole in it. So the mother only made him a small cake, and she offered it to him with all—sorry, I'll read this verbatim. The mother offered him all of it with her curse— or half with her blessing, and he took the whole. He left behind a knife and said if the blade grew rusty that he was dead. On the way, he met a shepherd, a swineherd, and a goatherd. Each of the three told him that the Red Etten of Ireland had kidnapped the king of Scotland's daughter, but that he, the child of the widow, was not the man to rescue her. The shepherds also told him to be wary of the beasts he would meet. They each had two heads with four horns on each head, and the child fled them and hid in a castle upon meeting them. There he met an old woman that said this was the castle of the Red Etten, who has three heads, and he should leave, but he begged her to hide him as best she could for fear of the beasts. But soon enough the Red Etten came home and found him and asked him three riddles. Uh, when he couldn't answer any of them, the Etten turned him into stone. At home, his knife grew rusty. In the variance with the three sons, the younger brother goes after the elder and meets the same fate. And then the youngest son, or the son of the other widow with only one child, sets out after the other two. And the same thing, so he's he's going to be given a cake, so he goes to fetch water. But first, a raven flies overhead and alerts him to the hole in the bucket. Uh, so he patches up the holes first, and then he brings back enough water for a, a big old cake. And he also leaves her with half to receive the mother's blessing. He meets the old woman on the way, uh, and the old woman asks for a piece of his cake, and he gives it to her. She, being a fairy, gives him a magical wand and a great deal of device on what to do and vanishes. The shepherd, swineherd, and goatherd tells him of the Red Etten and the beast with two heads and the king of Scotland's daughter and say that he is actually the man to defeat him. 
He walks boldly through the beasts to the castle, striking one dead with the wand, and stays in the castle until the Red Etten, the three-headed Red Etten, shows up. The Etten uh, asks him a riddle. The man answers and cuts off each of the Etten's three heads. He restores the other two who have been turned to stone and frees the old women. And the king marries him to the uh, the princess. So I don't know for sure exactly, but it seems like a story about like being a good son. Yeah. Paying attention to detail and having your generosity and your mm. honor for your, your yeah. parents. Um, uh, check rewarded. your watering can for leaks. Always. That seems to really yeah. set a lot of events in motion, whether you do or don't do that. It makes a big difference. <laughs> I like that. A, you want a big a cake? raven had to tell him. Your bucket. Just, it's not just he saw it. That's <laughs> yeah. That's the part of that's the part of the story that doesn't it it prevents it from being like a uh, a moral fable because he didn't he didn't achieve all this. I mean, he did choose to to receive yeah. to leave half of yeah. his cake with his mother to receive the blessing, and then shares yeah. That's true. Didn't some didn't of the cake with like, the old no, lady. I want I want lots of cake. G- give me the curse. Give me the curse. Yeah, I want lots of cake. Yeah, but he didn't. Uh, like, it's not to be like be generous even with scarcity because. The first kid who had a small keg decided to protect it mm-hmm. by taking half of by taking the whole of it, but this kid who had all of the cake yeah. halved it yeah. and then shared it also. Yeah, it, it in a way that I like it comes across more as like a depiction of like diverging parallel universes than like a moralistic sort of tale. It's like, look, things can be <laughs> things can go one way or they can go completely. You don't know. You don't know. You could be the guy to save the king. You know. <laughs> yeah. You don't know. It seems like you should at least err on the side of uh Yeah. Yeah. Generosity. Whether or not you noticed your bucket had holes. Yeah, and then I just had a little bit written about uh these stories as maybe a jumping off point. Like it's kind of immaterial how many heads uh the Etten yeah. has or the beasts have, other than it makes it more otherworldly. Yeah. You know? The heads don't seem important to these stories. But I think, like, uh, if we're going to look at, like, what the monsters maybe are, what the Etten is doing psychologically beyond all these weird, like, ideas that we've come up with and what it must be like to to be an Etten, um, like, symbolically, what you could maybe play with, there's there's a bunch of things. Because there are a ton of two-headed or multi-headed yeah. creatures and oh, gods yeah. all over the place. So you can kind of take your pick of the different versions. Like, there's... Um, there's, uh, the God, the Roman God, uh, Janus or Janus is a God of thresholds and time and borders. And that's more of a like idealistic version of something with two heads being like, you can kind of have, you can do it two ways. You can have the Etten who's constantly at war with himself, or you can have Janus who isn't at, who isn't at war with himself. Who's actually like a whole. And by being a creature with multiple heads, one body, but you're at peace with yourself, it suggests that you're at peace with like the world itself. Because if you can, if you can control having multiple minds in one body, you must be like so tranquil. Yeah, totally. And like as an aspirational thing, it's like, well, what if all the different people are the heads and the world is the body, you know? So, yeah. Right. Yeah. You yeah. can use it to represent wholeness, even in a in a diverse or 
uh, multi-sided yeah. cosmos. And there's there's a side there's a side of it too, like the idea of an Etten. You could use this storytelling wise as like uh and i think like some of the stories kind of do this too but in in a way of like a like an empathy sort of teaching things like well what if you had to share the body of like the person you were talking to you know like what if you literally had the same body yeah so think about even though you don't think about like what if you did what would you do yeah yeah you might you might find the end so pathetic or uh worthy yeah. of your own sympathy and he, and on a personal level, uh, an Etten can be used, if you want to use an Etten as a cautionary tale, it could simply mean like being unresolved on an issue or being, uh, being of literally, you know, the yeah. saying of being of two minds on something on how that can like cripple you. Or like we were talking about how the Etten is a good candidate to be like a door guard that you can confuse yeah. into forgetting you're there. So like you can, by having like two ways of thinking about something you can actually be totally unable to uphold either uh yeah. way of thought and like having having two heads like that you could really like very clearly depict depict some kind of like cognitive dissonance sort of sort of situation too you know where like a, a two two losing truths yeah um occupying uh, occupying the same space yeah, and what that would do to a physical body. So, like, it's kind of important if, like, Ettens, in order to function, Ettens, they either need to be dumb, or if they're smart, they need to be peaceful about it. Because if they're smart and they're uh, succumbing to the madness yeah. of it all, they would just spiral into insanity. Like, they would, the whole house of cards would come crashing down. They'd be, like, unable to even. Like the dumb ones can cope because their needs are are so base that they animals like uh what's it called yeah. uh polycephaly is a real thing it's a it's a rare but well documented thing of can i don't i don't not sure what you call it condition uh where something is born with two heads or multiple faces, and often such a creature will die very early um either in will be stillbirth or will die in birth or will only live a little while after but there are some cases of um such creatures and people living full adult lives and even some being like uh some animals being encountered in the wild as having two heads but like some of them like snakes will do this like something like reptiles for whatever reason are disproportionately born with like two heads over other types of animals but like some of the snakes that are born two heads will attack each other so imagine like an even smarter creature having to deal with it like the the need to like fight off yeah the other that is controlling your body i mean unless you make peace with it and there are there's there are people living today that have that share a body and and have two heads two brains yeah there are there's a great story of uh uh nicholas cage once bought a two-headed cobra <laughs> for possibly eighty thousand um, dollars, but he eventually gave it up to uh, a zoo because he couldn't handle it. And the, his quote is, "I would have to put a spatula between the two heads to feed them, and then it just got a little too freaky oh, wow. for me because the two heads would attack each other while they were feeding." Oh man, I'm just like <laughs> picturing him doing that too. That's that's. <laughs> oh. These cobras have two heads. <laughs> uh, I've got two of uh, human beings born with uh, 
two heads in one body and there's all kinds like the the wikipedia on this is pretty deep and you can get as like into the you know fascinating uh bodily details as much as you want but there's uh there there are two i think of the most famous cases of uh functioning people born with uh polycephaly there was uh giacomo and giovanni battista tocci who were italians born to their mother maria who was only 19 years the birth was easy as they were very small the father had a mental breakdown upon seeing his his sons and it was in a lunatic asylum for a month but then they obviously recovered because they joined a freak show <laughs> the father uh, had them join a like what was was called a freak show where they were examined by the turin academy of medicine the professor said they wouldn't live long but the tour continued and they were did it for years and then they eventually uh moved to america and toured there in their adolescence they spoke multiple languages uh they would often argue with each other and and fist fight and they were different from each other in personality and preferences one would only drink beer the other preferred water the water drinker was very talkative but the beer drinker was very quiet um they made a thousand dollars a week on their united states uh freak show tour when when and so they went to the united states in 1891 i don't have a date for their yeah birth. 1891 though like well, yeah i guess like what else are you gonna do in, in the 18 in the 1890s right yeah yeah totally show up for one of these these tours they still do this with yeah. uh like farm animals less not as often i don't think but like you can still i remember seeing out there in like one of the reference books that we had in our house growing up maybe it was an encyclopedia but there was like a a, like a, a a snake with polycephaly, like a two headed snake, and I was convinced as a as a as a as like a kid that like oh yeah, there's just a species of snake that just all of them have two heads, and it seemed completely plausible to me. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. I think that I think yeah. we might have been seeing the same material because it was oh, yeah. a big deal. It was a big '90s deal for a little while. I even had a pen. There was like a novelty pen sold at like zoos and certain museums. That was like the end of the tail was the pen tip, and yeah. then the back of it was a two-headed snake. This is another um, another more contemporary example is Abby and Brittany Hensel, who are Americans uh, from Michigan. I think they were born in 1990. They are both still living. They are both uh, well documented because they've been on because they were born in 1990. They've been on like every reality show and every like daytime talk show and they seem to live in like pretty good harmony they even have a uh driver's license and one one person controls the left and one person controls the right so they coordinated they had to take the test twice once for each of their individual personalities um but they will also refer to themselves as i when they agree and use their names when they uh differ from each other so they kind of do it both ways they both graduated from high school they both went to uh college and majored in education they considered trying to do different things but it was not um practical so they they have they both have a bachelor of arts degree and they are still out there they haven't been on the last uh public appearance in a piece of media i think it was 2013 or 2012 
right after they got their Bachelor of Arts degree. So they are an example of somebody with two heads or two people who share a body. Yeah. Who yeah. are doing just fine, it seems. Yeah. As far as I can tell. No, it's so it doesn't have to be like an existential nightmare. It can be uh doable. And even the uh the Italian guys I was I was talking about, they after they did the American tour, they made so much money that they retired in their twenties. Um there aren't any reliable documents of when they died, but there's there's reports that they died in their thirties as early as nineteen oh six or nineteen eleven. But other reports say mm-hmm. 1940, yeah. that they lived like almost a full, at least 50 and to 60 if, years old. If they were if making it was 1940, like around, just, what was it, $1,000 a week in like the turnout for like three years. and like at, at A week for like three five years. Five years. At that time too? Like that's, five years. That's a lot of money. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've been talking for a while. I have a few examples of... Uh, Etins in media that you can draw from and that are different takes on this most prominently is right. are the yeah. the warcraft ogres the original warcraft ogres which were the two-headed kind uh mostly played for laughs they no no crazy nonsense game wise but they would say funny stuff like i'm ready i'm not ready those are probably the most direct um yeah. references to the D etin the most famous character type Etten, I think, is uh, Zephod Beeblebrox yeah. from Hitchhiker's Guide, Hitchhiker's Guide, who had like five heads, I think, was the, yeah. was the deal. But he mostly, like from what I remember, the, that was kind of mostly a gag and never really, he didn't really argue with himself too much. If I remember correctly, there's one that would wake up every now and then. Yeah, there was like a dominant yeah. head and the rest were mostly... Yeah, asleep, but would chime in once in a while. Auxiliary support heads. Yeah, <laughs> there's a game from Whose Line Is It Anyway called the Three Headed Broadway Star, where uh, three of the players have to sing a fictional Broadway song one word at a time, so they didn't know where oh, they were yeah. going with it. Which is a great fairy tale creature, but like pretty difficult to produce at the table. Yeah, unless you had help. And then uh, word up to the Phantom Menace pod racer commentator. Oh, yeah. It was a joke about um, having a uh, Spanish sports broadcaster in the booth with an English one. (laughs) So as you can see, this material is treated pretty lightly in uh, media at large. Yeah. Um, I would also nominate... um... Uh, from Captain Star, which is a comic book and a short-lived animated series, um, uh, Atomic Engine Stoker Limbs Jones, who's the he's the, he uh is the this is they're in a spaceship. He's the engine stoker, so he just is shoveling radioactive material into the <laughs> into the fusion engine, and so he has um multiple heads and multiple arms <laughs> with different personalities for them. So I would nominate him as an as an example. Okay, is he just like a yeah. fun character? Yeah, he's mostly just, like, a fun character. Yeah, that's how they seem to be treated. There's, like, a bit of whimsy to the two-headed character. Jones has nine heads. Oh, nine heads. Six arms. Yeah. Um, And as a final thought, it's something I kind of skipped. I think, so the, uh, related to the 
real world examples of multi-headedness. Some creatures have been seen to operate relatively fine, but others um, where the control over the body is less prominent, it's like the, uh, the Italian boys couldn't use their legs because not, you know, it's every case of polycephaly is different, but like animals have been seen to run in crazy zigzag patterns or thrash around uh, violently when the the two minds were fighting for control over the body, which is a horrific thought. But some of them would thrash around and then would regain ability for a while until there was another like hiccup. So if you really wanted to play with that aspect of it, you could come up with a sort of like a, the confusion spell, like a random table of oh yeah, how a given Etten might act based on their personalities and specific motivations. And the the image, uh, we I've gone this whole time without commenting on the image. Um, it's like a big brutish monster man, caveman, with one ugly face is painted kind of red and the other ugly face is painted blue, which is like a very basic... Like, I think you should go as crazy as possible. Every, like the two heads should be... They should be doing everything they can to make themselves different from each other. Yeah, yeah. Like, one should be... Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's it. Yeah. It's a good one. I like the end. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah it's definitely a classic. It's a it's a classic for sure, and I think the like on it's a, it's a perfect monster to exist on like a threshold. Whether they're guarding, you know, a, something specific or the like, just something that you have to get past. Uh, uh, I I feel like there's any kind of situation where you would have to like maybe have to talk to them a bunch in addition to fight them. Uh, yeah, they're perfect for that. I think. You have to learn about them. Like if you're just if you're just fighting them, it's a totally wasted opportunity. Yeah, just fight an ogre or something. Like why? It's, it's there's so much to work with with him having two heads. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, it turns out this is actually the last uh, E monster. Wow. Yeah, we're getting into the F's now. Next episode will be about the fairy dragon. All right. You'll notice it's not like we didn't find the fairy dragon under D for. Dragon, comma, fairy. I'll never give that up. Oh, wow. Okay, until uh, until the next time. All right, uh, monsters. Take us out. Monsters out. Uh...